I'm coming in my mouth. I'm coming in my own mouth. Coming in my mouth. I'm coming in my mouth, and it tastes like salt. Ellery okay. Sprayberry is an aerialist. Ariel Sprayberry is an aerialist? Ellery, Ellery. Sprayberry is an aerialist. Can a cracker come all over the cookie? <laughs> come cookie cracker. What? I don't know. I'm trying to make up a tongue twister, but it's not good. What's going on? You're listening to the Film Drunk Fratcast, coming live, coming at you not live, from a Zoom computer near you or not near you. It doesn't matter anymore. We're all remote these days. Uh, The point is, I'm Vince Mancini. I'm here with the irregular regular, Mr. Matt Lieb. Do you love me? Do Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me now that I can dance? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, like that now one. Now that I, I think I said can't come. What's up, dude? Hey, that's a good song. I like that one. I mean, it's, you, you did. Yeah, I'm sure that the timing of us singing, you know, together is going to sound super normal and good. <laughs> There's no latency between <laughs> you and I. We're in the same room, according to uh, the way it is edited. As far as you guys know. As um, far as you guys know, we're, we're right next to each other, jacking each other off, licking each other's balls. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are we, what are we, Kiwis now? Is, yeah, that's what kiwis do. Yeah. Licking each other's balls. Is that what kiwis do? I don't know. That's what Peter. That's what we always imply that Peter Jackson does. But he only licks his own. He only drinks his own cum. He, he drinks his own ejaculate. That's what Peter Jackson does. Between shooting Lord of the Rings movies, he drinks a full gallon of his own ejaculate, and it tastes good, and it feels good inside his belly. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So today I made Matt watch uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music because mm-hmm. that's You're one of the new me. movies coming out this week. One of them, mm-hmm. um, or last week, I guess. Anyway, some of the other ones, there was uh, the New Mutants. That was the uh, X-Men teen horror spinoff that I learned all about this morning. I, I That came out already? Yeah, it came out last week. Only in theaters and... Uh, they didn't gotta love only in theaters. You gotta, gotta love it. Yeah. Well, they didn't. Uh, they didn't show it to critics. They didn't put it on VOD, and they didn't give critics any screeners links. So, like, yeah, you know, if you wanted to go see it, you just had to go uh, to a theater and go see it. Yeah, you had to be outside walking around, look at a you know old rundown AMC, and see uh, a movie called The New Mutants. Just you know like the words on the marquee and go uh huh i guess that's a movie <laughs> um i guess i'll see it because i'll tell you did not see a single trailer for yeah. it well n- nor did i even i've never heard of it until you just now mentioned well, it. well you know it's funny that you mentioned that because there's a good reason for that so they shot it in 2017 it was originally mm, good year yeah great good year. normal year good normal year uh mm-hmm. you know back in the good old days when uh trump was president and uh and, and charlottesville happened it was a great year sure. you know okay well it was it was you know i mean what i'm saying is that it actually was a better year <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the nazi march was like 
that's fucking Tinker Toys so, compared felt to like right uh, now. Outlier. But, yeah. So anyway, they they were supposed to come out in 2018, um, and then they delayed it. I think there was some reshoots or something. The studio was like, yeah, this kind of mm-hmm. sucks. And then Disney bought Fox, so like the studio oh. that made the movie uh, no longer exists. Now it's Disney, and they're probably like, hey, we don't we don't care about this fucking movie. Um, yeah, fuck these new mutants. Yeah, and. Uh, and so then they put it out. Uh, I think they kind of were just sick of it. They're like, all right, have at it. Have at mm. it, nerds. We don't care. So they just decided to put it out because they were like, hey, you know, maybe as like an experiment to see if people would um, take their kids to a movie. Yeah. I you mean, know? I feel like it, whenever you are at a job, when like new ownership comes in, they don't really want you there because like you weren't their idea. They're just like, who, who is this person? Oh, yeah, Fuck that. We can't. Like if this is successful, all it does is make us look bad. It doesn't make us look good. So right, right, right. Yeah. So they're kind of just like, yeah, fuck that. Um. Anyway, it's uh. It's always nice to see that all the hard work that people put into films, uh, into making them, and you know, uh, fucking just writing, directing, acting. That it can all go to shit if uh, there's just some douchebag who's like, uh, you know, if this uh does well, it does not bode well for me. So I'm yeah. going to uh, fuck with everyone's career so that I will be fine. Yeah. And Which, it's good to know. That's a, that's, it's a good business. But you can still be like a bullshit corporate animal. All you do is just like it's easy to claim ownership over other people's work. Like You could just come in right. there and be like, oh, this is my thing now. And then, uh, you know, you put all sorts of uh, uh, like resources behind promoting it. And then if it does yeah. well, you're like, well, see, I did a good job promoting that, huh? Wouldn't have been shit yeah, without me. Yeah, it does seem like taking um, credit for other people's work seems to, you know, it seems to work pretty well for people. It's always weird when they they decide. Maybe, I mean, just putting it out there, it is possible that this movie was total dog shit. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that's the case. They just saw it and they're like, well, there's no fucking way this is going to make any of us look good. Um, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. We're just going to throw it down the trash chute. I, I never understand that. Just uh, you, you what? The, like, does that mean all of the digital distributors wouldn't buy it? Because so that's to me, it's an like, interesting wrinkle. If, the, so supposedly, like the director hinted that he had a, uh, a, a stipulation in his contract that they had to give it a theatrical release, which normally would be like a good thing because you're like, oh, they yeah. have to put it into theaters. They have to give it uh, some resources. <laughs> but in this case, it was like, oh, that's that's the way you bury something right now. That's not like the way you oh, promote something. That's that's just bad luck, dude. That's yeah. someone who, like, at the time was like, this is the most foolproof pro artist <laughs> contract ever written. Okay? Most people, you know, they cannot get a guarantee of distribution in theaters. But you, you're a mastermind. And now COVID happens and he's like, fuck! This is the one time. Yeah. And you know, well, a lot of I that, feel bad for him. A lot of that going around. Oh yeah, sure, 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 sure. Um so But hey, you know what? I kind of want to see new mutants now. Yeah. We've talked about it enough and I'm I want to see I imagine they're the same is as there the like old mutants. A new wave band that sounds kind of like the new mutants. What am I thinking of? It's making me think that it's it a play t- on yeah. word words, but I can't I don't know what it is. New mutants does sound exactly like a new wave band from the 80s. Yeah. Like it's got but I don't Elvis Costello know. in the background and some. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, it's a great name. If it hasn't been used, hey, we're starting a band. If you guys out there the in Frotcast land know what that's mm-hmm. referencing, go ahead and shoot us an email on down at frotcast at gmail.com. We love uh, to be corrected because we're not right. We love to. Please write us and tell us we're wrong because we will take heed, listen to your concerns, and uh, amicably, amicably work <laughs> them out with you. Yeah. I'm smart. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I feel like uh, our our yeah. our segment in which we find new funny names to talk about. Uh, we've had a new one pretty consistently almost every week. Uh, yeah, I know. New great name. Uh, there's a an athlete at St. Joseph's University. Uh, he, his name is Slam Dunkley. That is fantastic i mean you know it's probably the dunkley family goes back generations and generations and you know someone just had a baby and was like how i'm not gonna not name it slam yeah and they were like what what, please don't and he was like fuck you you can't tell me what to name my stupid ass kid (laughs) and boom the uh named him slam dunkley hoped it worked out and is he a basketball player see that's the irony Oh no! He's actually uh, on the crew team. Oh, that's a bummer, dude. Yeah, Slam Dunkley. How, how tall is he? That's the real question. You know, I'm not actually sure, but uh, I'm reading an article on the uh, on their the college. I guess this is in the college newspaper of St. Joseph's. Apparently, his name, the real name, is Dumond, and Slam is just his nickname. Uh, that makes all right well that changes everything his dad is a professional basketball player who played in russia spain and france oh wow 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 very good it's just like there's a lot of pressure with the name slam dunkley that'd be like if my parents named me fucks goodly like i'm not (laughs) that would be i like that i'm never gonna live up to fucking goodly he's gonna be named fucks goodly mancini (laughs) i mean i'm just saying it's like uh you know you're setting you're setting your child up for failure when you're naming them after something like what's basically a feat of strength. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, and you, you, I mean, you, you hope that they're going to, you know, get their act together enough to learn how to slam dunk. But you can't be certain. Can you slam dunk? Okay. I mean, here's the thing. If I am currently <laughs> under the basket uh-huh. and I get to go all the way down with two feet and then jump all the way up. Then I can slam dunk, or well, at least I could. Look, if you're sl- if you're ago. dunking, it counts regardless of how you get there. Though I question your technique. I mean, I so, yeah, no. There's uh, listen. I watch enough basketball to see how people jump high enough to slam dunk, and they're usually jumping off of one foot. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know how they do that because that is that's just impossible. Bro. Well, see, so you like, run, you take a running start. And then yeah. you plant your opposite, like you plant your left foot on the ground, and then your right foot and your arms, they swing into it at the same time. And you use all that momentum from your arms and your opposite leg to like lift you up into the air. Oh, I never thought about arm momentum. Yeah, you that need that arm momentum. That changes the game a little bit. Oh, dude, yeah. That, fuck, dude. What if this whole time I could have been a basketball great, but no one told me about arm momentum, so now I'm this. Yeah. Well, now you know. Fuck. Is it too late? Yeah. I hope not. It's probably too late. I also, <laughs> I mean, I also can't like run or jump or dribble or anything. Like, I, I'm bad at all of the things that make basketball uh, a sport. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but if you just stood under the basket and had him throw you the ball and then you slam it. Uh, 
I mean, even that, I like, I do know how many times I've just been fucking packed hella hard under the basket. And I'm like, can you not? This is my time to shine. Yeah. There was one time I dunked during a game, though, dude. I was It was a pickup game. Uh, and there was like, it was the one time where a lane happened. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, like, my God. Like from Seinfeld, she just showed up and she was. Not a lane. <laughs> no. A lane oh, okay. opened yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A perfect lane. That makes sense. Uh, t- straight to the basket. Uh, and I was like, this is incredible. Because I think they assumed I was going to pass because <laughs> I should have. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. I think I had already dribbled once. But then I ran uh, with two feet. I think I took three steps and then planted and then and then crouched and then jumped. Mm-hmm. It was pretty just, much. If you just call it a Euro step, I think you're immune from traveling calls. Well, I think the good thing was that everyone was looking at who they were guarding to make sure that, you know, they, weren't <laughs> that they get didn't get the to. ball, <laughs> yeah. that nobody noticed. That an actual the... threat didn't get the ball. Yeah, that uh, an actual threat didn't get the ball, that they didn't notice the blatant travel. Um, and then, yeah, and then up I went and dunk. A dunk happened, and I, man, I mean, that was the greatest day of my life. Best day? Yeah, it sounds like Best it. Best day. I've dude. never dunked, so Best. I don't even know what it feels like. Oh, it feels, uh, t- I mean, if you want to know what it feels like, it's like if your father named you Fucks Goodly and you lived up to it. That's, <laughs> sure. Sure. that's, that's what it feels like. Um, so moving yeah. on from Slam Dunkly, uh, one of the things mm-hmm. that I appreciate about Twitter, um, and mostly it's mm. bad, but um, oh, it's bad. One thing that I've noticed is that a lot of uh, comedic heroes have exposed mm. themselves as being really fucking bad at Twitter, and I'm kind of fascinated by it as a phenomenon. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I mean, like comedic heroes being bad at Twitter, it, it usually just means like because anyone who's old is you know, it's like a hero is usually older. There's sure, no new, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and, and especially in comedy, you know. Um, like if you didn't have a stand-up special, like a 30 minute special on comedy central in 2002, then I don't know who you are. Like everyone else who's come out after that fact is, is basically just been like the same giant class of comedians who everyone's just like, um, maybe I'll get a Netflix special. And even (laughs) Netflix doesn't blow people up anymore. But um, yeah, uh, who, so who's bad at Twitter, Vince? Um, I think you commented on this one. This one was from like last week. Uh, Dennis oh, Dennis yeah. Leary, <laughs> which isn't a shock because he, he never struck me as like, you know, a brilliant joke writer. I think a lot of his bits I'd heard from other people before, like in different forms and whatnot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. He had of some, course. He had some good bits. His bit about how uh, power in the Catholic church was determined by hat size i, I always liked that one. Oh yeah that's a good bit yeah we're talking I mean, about what also, if you get up to heaven and, and god just there with a big big sombrero <laughs> yeah good. yeah that's solid I, he also had he had a good bit about uh how how the q and nyquil was too big yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah boy boy was he right about that one dude <laughs> finally someone said big it big you know little y big fucking q yeah, yeah, big fucking Q, dude, and and everyone laughed, including me, and I was like, "Why is that Q so big?" Yeah, although and I mean, it was at that point when I realized that comedy was my passion. Yeah, I mean, I I should have taken a cue from comedians like that and spent all my time. Very on, good pun. On was that on purpose? Performance? Oh no, that's uh, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. I planned that. Yeah, 
mm-hmm. I should have done all my spent all my time practicing like how to perform to people and not like joke writing yes. because clearly that's right. Joke writing is like the least important uh, skill of a stand-up comedian. It's, it's fundamentally secondary to uh, your success as a stand-up. Yes. It's not necessarily you do need to be able to write a joke in order to it helps. Um, I think you you need to be able to write a joke in general. If we're talking about, you know, uh, trying to become a comedian, like, because you see people who all they know is uh, how to sound like Chris D'Elia or how to sound like Dane Cook (laughs) and whatnot, like, and they never learn to write a joke. Like, those people usually don't get very far. So initially, you got to learn how to write a joke, but... I mean, I, I, I'm sure if you looked at a lot of these, you know, comedians earlier, like I'm sure earlier Chris, well, I can't speak on Chris because I think his dad is like a famous Hollywood guy. But like, you know, Dane Cook and whatnot, he, he knew how to write a joke sure. early yeah. on. He had jokes. He had premises. He didn't have punchlines, but he had, he had good premises. He he had he had pretty good premises and his punchlines were definitely act out based. But, uh-huh. you know, he was good at it. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. As someone who is a very into act outs, I think that is fine. But um, yeah, no, uh, for the most part, like no, I you, said act outs, not hacked outs. That's that's what you. I do. will kill your entire family. <laughs> I know where you live, bro. Uh-huh. And I will I will kill your dog first. Oh, okay. You know how to twist Man. the knife. All right. So Dennis Leary, this one was from last week, and I just love it. Uh, tweet. Oh. Dear science, once you tackle COVID, we're going to need an anti-pumpkin fucking spice vaccine. Which is... Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it was it was so classic Dennis Leary because Dennis Leary at this point has kind of become a meme unto himself. Yeah, like, I that think... felt like a Dennis Leary bot wrote it, like they were trying to make fun yeah. of him. <laughs> yeah. It really did feel like someone doing an impression of Dennis Leary and trying to figure out a way. How can I take a uh, current event and wrap this into my coffee flavored coffee brand? You yeah, know? Like, yeah. That's his whole brand. It's just like, I want coffee flavored coffee. <laughs> it's, it's amazing that he found a way. He found a way. And it was clunky and shoehorned. But God bless him for putting it out there in public, you know? Yeah. On that note, I feel like we should have like a bad tweets of the week segment. That's what this is going to be. Oh, um, oh, that's great. So I don't know. So is I, is is the horse whisperer uh, on Twitter, is that a parody or is that for real? Like, is it? I can't tell if it's a parody of like a centrist person or like a real thing. Well, horse whisperer was a real account. Are you saying it's an account it's now? But it's all like... What? It's it's very like down the line. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just p- pulling up the account. They're defending Joanne Reed from the left, uh, and I, I I guess it is real. I couldn't tell if it was like a parody of the type of account. I thought it was a. I couldn't tell if it was a parody of a resistance grifter or like an actual uh, resistance grifter. No, no, it is it is a real. He's a real resistance grifter. He's like uh, I don't know. At, at some point, um. You know, I was looking through to see who he was. He was like some PR guy for ah, some fucking out. DC swamp bullshit. Okay. Like he he's he's total fucking trash. Um, but he is yeah, he's he's a real resistance scripter. Okay, so I don't need to uh 
uh, take this with a grain of salt that is exactly at face value of what I initially thought it was. Um, okay. This is from three three days ago. Before all this COVID fuck nuttery, I went to a, quote, foodie restaurant. I'm no foodie. I'm happy with a saltine cracker and a hot dog. Everything on the menu was gluten-free. I'm a little more concerned with the highest levels of our government being Putin-free. Putin-free. I knew it before you said it. Oh! No! That's so... That is just... Holy fuck, dude. The the crazy thing about it, it was the amount of setup. Yeah. The yeah. amount of well, setup. Also, and the that, setup was exactly as hack as the punchline. Like, anytime yeah. someone it, brags about not being a foodie, I'm kind of just like... Good. Fuck you. Eat some dog turds then, you fucking piece of shit. Eat shit. <laughs> yeah. There, 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 I don't there, like there, to there, eat. I, I fucking hate eating. Good. Good for Uncle you. Food Suck a dick. got so many, so many different flavors now. Back in my day was two flavors. There was blue and there was savory. I like it's there was red raspberry and blue raspberry. <laughs> There's only two types of... Ra- I don't know what an acai berry is, but I want berry flavor berry. It's <laughs> Everyone's basically a different version of Dennis Miller when they're shitting on foodies. Yeah. Um, but like starting out that way and then, oh, that long walk to that pun. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shit. Also, what does I that mean, being at a restaurant have to do with what our government's doing? I mean, he, he had to set the whole thing up. He had to the, like the first the, the first clause is I am politics guy. Second clause is uh, but I am regular guy who who likes normal food. Third. And then it's like all the setup to get to the point where he's just like, all right, gluten rhymes with Putin. Let's make it work. And then he did it. And it was honestly, it was beautiful. Good for him, dude. You know? Yeah. It, it's just com- writing comedy is so hard. But he makes it look easy. Yeah, I mean it's great. It's very, it's great. He's very good. No, he's he's uh he's like a massive piece of shit. I, I there was a, a time where I was kind of keeping up with these accounts. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, you did a. L- <coughs> uh oh, I killed. You did Vince. a hard left turn there and it caught me off guard. I was drinking my tea. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he, he is a massive piece of shit. Like uh, when I was knee deep in some uh bernie primary action um i you know was keeping up with all of the resistance accounts who were just hardcore anti bernie Uh and just kind of going like who are these fucking people because you know it's one thing to um to kind of like disregard the left during a uh general when when you're just like looking for any excuse to uh to 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 hate the left for you know because you can find an account that's just like i'm actually voting for trump because of left yeah everybody acts like like, they find they find their straw man of whatever they're pissed about and they act like it represents like a significant portion of population and it's like right you can find literally fucking anything like that joke that i just read out i can't believe it exists like that should be a parody both of those things yeah yeah for sure i mean it just it's very very easy to find your straw man um, but what was strange to me was during the primary, because you're watching the primary and you're like, none of these people uh, who are like talking mad shit seem to support literally anyone. 
they just seem to hate Bernie. Like they, you yeah. know, they were on the Buttigieg train for the month when that was something. You know, they were uh, into Kamala early. They were into maybe Biden. They they had like a moment with Warren. Some of them, but they they always like people dropped out and they always like kind of moved on. To, but but what the one consistent thing was never Bernie. And I was just like, who the fuck are these people? And they all are like fucking PR fu- or, or like lobbyist like ghouls. And I was just like, I, I can't I can't engage the lanyarded, with this. lanyarded Americans, Matt, please. Yes. Lanyarded Americans. And uh, they're not they're You know, I kind of think everyone with lanyards should be uh, put in a camp. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with if that. You got a lanyard. I don't care what convention you're at. You know, if it's uh, if it's a pod save backstage pass or if it's, uh, you know, VIP room at Comic-Con camp. Yeah. All of them. You know, I wish they'd trade places with Chadwick Boseman. Because Uh, that was a a good seamless. Did you like that? Yeah. Yeah, it was seamless. Uh, I got a lot of reps on this podcast now. I mean, there was a time when I hadn't hosted. I had to take over for Ben. And I yeah. didn't like it. I like just being the guy who makes up song parodies about eating butt and does no homework whatsoever. But now I got to You talk about me? Yeah, no. Well, that's what I was sure too, me? though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's fun. You just get, you know, you get up there. You get to take a cut at whatever they're throwing at you. But Yeah, and you just, you just, you just fucking, they, they lob, you dunk. Exactly. Yeah. So it's very nice. Now I got to throw the passes and that's fine. Um. Because, yeah. you know, I'm here. I'm still here. Hey, you know what? We're a team. Sometimes right. we throw each other passes. Sometimes. Anyways, um, Chadwick Boseman uh, died randomly. Yeah. Uh, it was that was fucking that was brutal because it was so uh, it was so sudden. And then finding out it was just this like four year long uh battle where he made seven movies colon like, god damn yeah, well, the dude made seven movies while having colon cancer and and keeping that a secret the whole time and you just were it, it was just like damn you know the fucking uh, of all times for black panther to die i i just i can't yeah. imagine a worse time <laughs> yeah seriously also i mean those were four movies that are sorry seven movies like most of those movies required being super jacked it wasn't like he yeah you know played like a someone dying of cancer like 50 cent did uh he yeah. played a bunch of buff guys yeah i mean and and it's just like it's just so sad because you're you're like there the, there was no room to process it it was just like you you just kind of had to oh i don't know man i i it was just so it was because of the fact that it was uh, a complete secret you know there there wasn't even a like i think he's sick it was just like gone you know and then to find out that like he was um i mean i assume he wasn't suffering alone i'm sure people close to him knew but to to I don't know. It just was such a bummer to be like I didn't even I didn't even get a chance to tell him how special he was. To me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I usually get to do with all celebrities. Oh, all celebrities! I usually get to you know I get to write them emails and then uh, stalk outside of their house I mean, and be like I, I love you. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. wild that the guy who played guy played James Brown, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, and Black Panther. I mean, he was basically. 
like elected uh the the black historical figure of choice yeah yeah and uh yeah and it was fucking the fact that it was cancer was also you know horrible to hear because i guess i mean what is it like would it matter kind of i mean cancer is just such a fucking it's just such a beast it's such a emotional the emotional toll that that it takes on on you on the person who has it and the people around it's just Mm -hmm. like i don't know like part of me was like you know on the bright side this is probably the first black panther who didn't get killed by the fbi (laughs) but like oh yeah are you gonna tweet that one oh thought about it see if thought about it see if dennis leary wants that one yeah, yeah, I'll see if Dennis Leary wants it. No, but like, it, it, there was part of me that was like, you know, uh, I, I guess it's good that you know he it wasn't like, you know, uh, something that would like if he had been shot by cops or some shit <laughs> like that. I, I mean, and it really was, a, you know, a question that everyone, you know, everyone's. I think first things were like, was it COVID or was it cops? And then when you find out that it was cancer, it was just like, oh, fuck. It just, I don't know, man. I, for some reason, I don't know about for some reason, cancer is a bummer to me. Yeah. I, well, of I, course it's, it is. Because it's, like, it's just like, oh, yeah, you get to die. Yeah. And you get to know That's all it. about it. Like, it's just that you randomly someone gets, you know, chosen to die. And you're like, well, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, it's it's awful. And there's, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. And it's just part of the you know uh human condition where some people just die from it and so it's it's uh, it was it was awful and it was also especially awful to happen to someone who i think like at the peak you know, of their fame really i mean at the peak of their fame and then also just seemed i mean there's a lot of people at the peak of their fame um there's a lot of famous people who are you know it, it would be a shock if they died sure but like I don't know. Chadwick Boseman just seemed more like more than an actor. Like you said, he was like the guy who was playing every black historical figure of importance and, and crushed it in every role. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of like, you know, it's like, you know, it's just seeing, I don't think I felt the same way of like, what a loss since uh, like Heath Ledger died. Like, people said that. Am this... I wrong for thinking? Like, I don't know. This one, I was like, oh man. Like, I don't know. This one seemed worse somehow. I don't know why. Yeah, this one is this one is worse in in I think a few different ways. Um, this one made Joe Rogan just... cry. So that's intense. what's that? This one made Joe Rogan cry, which it did. I saw that video, um, and uh, you know, it's it's nice to see Joe Rogan get in touch with like his his humanity mm. sometimes. Because it feels he like he cried him. while describing someone taking a cell phone video of one of the Avengers movie movies. Yeah, which feels perfect in some way. But that, uh, yeah, that yeah. is it's a it's a dumb guy cry, you know. <laughs> like and everybody's like, allowed one gun, dumb guy cry. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a dumb guy cry. I feel like you know that is especially when it comes from like you know a, a meathead dumb guy. You know, and obviously Rogan is more than just a meathead. But he's not more than just a dumb guy. But he's mostly and a meathead. I, yeah, he's mostly a meathead. Yeah. But he's I, I think he's got he's got more levels than that. But mm-hmm, all of mm-hmm. those levels are under the umbrella of dumb guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, but it's nice to see, you know, uh, each I don't of know. those he, levels can be uh enhanced with their own on it pill. Uh yes. and, and, and neotropics. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, it, nothing ever leaves the safety of the umbrella mm-hmm. of dumb guy. Um, this is but, on it sensitivity boost with special nootropics, uh, specially formulated <laughs> to help you get in touch with your sensitive side when you want to cry yeah. about an actor. Exactly. These neurotropics will bring out all your bitch feelings. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was uh, uh, like, I do think that Chadwick Boseman dying is like, it is worse than Heath Ledger dying on like other levels. Obviously I think, uh, you know, especially if you're well, what did, uh, black Ledger, in America, that's terrible. Heath Ledger but, died oh, I, of like I'm, sleeping pills or something kind of self-inflicted. Right. Didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he it was an accidental OD. Sure. I, I, I feel, to me, an accidental OD is not, you know, uh, it's, I mean, even a regular OD to me is like still pretty tragic. Cause oh, it's yeah, tragic. That, it feels, I don't know, it feels slightly less tragic than cancer for some reason. I don't know. Just cause oh, it's, for sure. For sure. I mean, because it, it's more sudden. And also, it's a, you know, it's a better it's a better death, I guess. I I don't know. The I, I I always run through like what's a better death? An immediate, you know, you're just gone, or like you know uh, the slow process of time. Part of me is mm-hmm. like, oh, at least with time, the 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 nice thing about that is you get to prepare, yeah. and that's got to be an emotional experience that is uh, in some ways rewarding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be because like you know, it's something where you get to consciously yeah. make peace. And that I want is, it to I be like, that's a, a beautiful thing. I, like if I was a bull, I'd want to be the one that's in the bullfight rather than the one that's in the, uh, the, the slaughter pen. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's a good, that's a, I think that's a good way of looking at it. Cause it'll hurt more, but you true. know, you at least you go out trying to gore a dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least you, br- you know, you can bring down some people with you. Although at what the same I'm time, is like if- you die knowing that you failed, though. So that just kind of sucks. Yeah, but there's that's I mean, that's a problem in general with the like the fucking metaphor of cancer is a battle. Like, right, that's yeah. fucking that's a horrible. Well, that's way why of that's why it would it. suck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would in general, like can- cancer is not a, a battle. There's no strength. Uh, you know, there's you can't will yourself to be strong enough to fight it. If that were the case, I don't think Chadwick fucking Bozeman would have died because mm. the dude was ripped as shit. And and uh, yeah, but on the on the I don't plus know, side, what, t- what I was what's oh, sorry, that? go ahead. No, well, I was just talking about with um with Heath Ledger was just the 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 connection is the the youth and also the talent because they are. Or they both were incredibly talented mm. actors. Like Heath Ledger, it was an incredible talent. Who you you know I I think I did feel like Ledger know. was barely like he had one or two movies where he got recognized for being how good he was. Yeah. Whereas like Chadwick yeah. Boseman had like four like at least three or four straight where people were like, oh damn, should we give this guy an Oscar? Like I think he was fairly. Yeah. I think he was more recognized for how good he was. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, I I do think that um, Chadwick was, I mean, I don't, I I, I would say a better actor, but I don't really know. It's like it's it's hard to like. I'm, I'm going to do my you know, usual handsome math, which is that, I yeah. mean, it, it's harder for Chadwick Boseman because he is super handsome. But I feel like if you are yeah an attractive white guy, 
you don't have mm-hmm. to be good at first because you're just going to get a lot of reps. Like Heath, Heath Ledger yeah. was going to get a bunch of reps. Leonardo DiCaprio didn't start out like that great an actor. Like he just got no, he certainly a didn't. ton of reps. Uh, Channing Tatum was pretty horrible at the beginning, and then uh, mm-hmm. and then he kind of learned how to. He he didn't even become good so much as learn how to use his bad like in the really perfect way. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I feel like you just get a, when you're handsome, you just get a lot of reps. Whereas if you're like Philip Seymour Hoffman, you got to show up and uh, knock it out of the no, park. No, you got to you got to crush it in every role for years. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it is a it is a, a different it's a different beast for sure. But I think they were both incredibly handsome. So true. And but and I don't think both, I don't think there's know, as many roles for uh, Chadwick Boseman as there were for definitely uh, not Heath Ledger. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just a big, big, big bummer. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I want to rewatch Black Panther. Um, but it, it's just, you know, I, I'm still, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Cause I'm still sad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is, uh, you know, this is a hell world we live in, <laughs> dude. So of course, of course he dies. And, and meanwhile, uh, Henry Kissinger's still alive, yeah. you know. But on the plus side, Alex Trebek's still alive, which is pretty that crazy. Is true. Yeah, he he's had pancreatic cancer for like a year, and usually that one, that one, yeah. you just dead right away. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I'm hoping for the best. You know, it's just, uh, uh, I fucking hate this shit, dude. It's sad. <laughs> yeah, it's just so fucking. It's fucking sad. But you know. You know and, you know, Alex Trebek also, you know, he's a bit older and, you sure, know, I, sure. not that he deserves to I'm, die. Look, more, I'm glad but, he's still alive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It makes me happy. Too. Every time he's still doing something, I'm like, oh, look at that. Alex Trebek. He's still alive. That's yeah. good. Yeah. It's nice. Um, So, Matt, uh, Bill and yeah. Ted. Did, did, you, did you remember the original Bill and Ted? Were you around for that at all? Uh, I was. Um, I actually watched... I think I've seen um, part two more than I've seen part mm. one. I rewatched it, it, part with, one. I've not rewatched part two. I, 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 all of my memories <clears throat> of Bill and Ted for the most part were um, of things that happened in part two. Like I know, uh, I remember meeting death. Um, I remember, uh, I think. They, that's also where Bill and Ted meet the uh, medieval chicks. Who no, become... that's in part one. Oh, that's in part one. Well, okay. they they're All still right. in part two, but they oh, met in okay. part one. Yeah, yeah. I just I remember death very specifically, and um, I I well, the the thing I don't remember is the plot. Yeah, and uh, I don't I, they, either. But I watched one recently. Uh, what is the plot? Still of hold, one? holds up. Number one. So, all right, let me just give you background on why I think the concept of uh, the first Bill and... Like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Exent- Adventure, I think, is, you know, it's dopey towards the end, but it's a legit, legitimately good movie. Like, the concept is these two bros from San Dimas uh, yeah. find out that, you know, they're like the... They're destined for greatness, and, they, and so uh, this guy Rufus, played by George Carlin comes mm-hmm. comes and takes them back in time to gather up historical figures so that uh so that Ted doesn't get doesn't fail history and get sent to a military academy and thus break up the band. Oh right. And so uh and so you know they get Genghis Khan 
and Napoleon and Abraham Lincoln and Mozart and Freud. And um, I think they, they, they learn history. They learn history through, uh, through going back in time. And like the historical humor is like pretty funny. Mm. Like uh, yeah. they bring back Joan of Arc and she becomes a uh, dance, dance aerobics teacher like in the mall because you know she was like all yeah. freaking out and like you know she had she was like uh what uh what do you call it when you have seizures oh epileptic Epti- epileptic yeah so like they're kind of playing on the fact that she had like weird visions and would and would have seizures from time to time i guess and could, sure and could inspire a lot of people uh and mm-hmm. then and like napoleon i think napoleon makes the movie because he comes back and uh and and Bill Bill's brother is supposed to wa- or sorry Ted's brother is supposed to watch him for a while uh, while they yeah. go on more historical adventures. But then they eventually ditch him at the mall, and he's like, "What the fuck? Why do you? Would you wh- where's Napoleon?" And he's like, "Ah, he was kind of a dick," <laughs> which is just a good line. And then that's a good. He's line. at the food yeah. court and he tastes ice cream for the first time. And he starts stealing people's ice cream, and then he goes to the water park. Yeah. Pretty solid. Uh-huh. And I think like the implication yeah. of the first one is that um, these historical figures travel into the future and arrive at the pinnacle of, of history, which is a mall in, in San Diego. Right. Like the 80s shopping mall as the pinnacle yes. of all history is like yeah. pretty fucking funny in, in general. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And so like that's why with this one, the new one, like I think the thing that's interesting about Bill and Ted's excellent adventure is that it is so of the moment and like immediately everything in it was a cultural dead end. Like it starts, yeah. it's <laughs> like, it's, it's about Val speak. Like the idea of, we talked about Valley yep. girl. It, like the whole thing is basically like a Val speak movie. Like, bro, dude. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's set in the Valley. Like all of those movies were like karate kid, well, technically, it's set in the Inland Empire, but go on. What Karate Kid? No, 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 no. Uh, San Dimas is like is like uh, it's east of West Covina. Oh, that's not it's considered. Like, uh, uh, San, that's not. Nah, the San, that's not the San Fernando Valley. No, San Dimas. Uh, it, like it's all called the Inland Empire. Sure. Um, once once okay. you get you know to West Covina, it's uh, like no right. longer L.A. Now we're in the it, basically. The, I don't even know if they call them the suburbs, really, because uh, the, because the, there's just so much going yeah. on inland. So all right, yeah, fair San enough. It's, okay, well, so it's not actually in the valley, but it's definitely Val speak movie. No, it's uh, all Val speak. It's a, it's, it's yeah. a mall movie. It's like a glam metal movie where they're constantly like talking about Van Halen and uh, you know it's like a Motley Crue Van Halen glam metal movie like all those things and it came out in 1989 so like glam metal had like two years two more years and then was like completely dead yeah mall culture yeah, everything <laughs> like yeah. Val Speak probably died right around the same time if not earlier like that was probably the last yep. time like Val Speak was even a thing. Um, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. mall culture lasted like a little longer, but like not much longer. Yeah. Mall culture is pretty much dead. And then like the idea yeah. of, uh, the idea of having your main characters be like affluent white kids in the suburbs, uh, like mm-hmm. mostly died pretty quickly, uh, after that. Yeah. So like everything yeah. in it is like this cultural dead end, which makes it fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. and then, so now they're making like the sequel where Bill and Ted are like 50 years old and yeah uh, well this is the this is the third one in the trilogy right you know yeah 
because bogus journey is the second one and uh again don't remember uh what the plot is uh i just remember that uh i enjoyed it very much i know they go to hell which makes me like it less because it takes away like the main good thing about the original which was like history jokes uh to me yeah no but 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 death was such a good character uh that that it was like incredibly good and i think that relates a lot to this third one sure um about about having um uh, some character who saves, I think, in my opinion, makes the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is... He definitely improves the movie. So in this one, mm-hmm. um, Bill and Ted are like older and married and have kids. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they still haven't written the song that's going to unite humanity. And right. so, and um, it was a hard sell at first because like just to look at Bill and Ted as 50-year-old dudes. Like, first of all, Mm. why would these two dudes still dress and act and speak exactly the way they did when they were 17 years old? To me, that's very dumb, and, like, it's completely unnecessary. Like, you could have had them just not do that because uh, Mm -hmm. people don't... Adults, even dumb adults don't... Like, it'd be much more interesting if they came up with, like, a plausible... Uh, life and job for someone who was like a Val speak bro in 1989. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it would have been, it was, it was. And what was worse was that like the, the majority of this movie, um, the, I felt like the scenes with um, Bill and Ted uh, that they were just shot in a single take. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, it felt like there wasn't uh because like every scene where they were, you know, doing the Bill and Ted thing, I was just like, they definitely have a better one on the cutting room floor than this, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, well, it was like was... they felt like they were trying to act like they did when they were seventeen, and it was like, yeah, you're not that anymore. You don't have to do that. We know you're a better actor now. Yeah, and and like it's it, it just felt strange. Also, like I love Keanu Reeves. Let me just preface I'm this. I'm fucking with that over statement. everybody's like over the top love for Keanu Reeves. He's great. I well, the over the top love, yeah. obviously, you know, too much. But in terms of like, um, they kind of did someone... the same thing they did with Bacon with Keanu Reeves. Where like I like Keanu oh, sure. Reeves, but everybody like talking about him constantly, like he's the greatest person alive, makes me like makes me want to go contrarian and i i haven't gotten there but like i feel like everything that comes out of his mouth people think is uh you know the ultimate is good wisdom and goodness and well uh, that's annoying that that's annoying for sure but remember the love for keanu reeves was also something that came out of kind of like um uh, a reaction yeah no, it was a reaction to the to the kind of disrespect that I think Keanu Reeves gets in general yeah. or used to get in general, sure. which yeah. is that like you know this was a guy who has been in multiple of my favorite franchises uh, and is like just constantly in good movies and is always like you know he's Keanu he's not like <laughs> yeah he's not the greatest actor he in the world he plays a good natured dopey bro because he is a good natured dopey bro. Yeah, and and he's he's just able to uh, you know it's who knows is maybe it's luck maybe it's talent. Point is he's in a lot of shit that I like, and so people was, started to. He was the he was the Channing Tatum of the eighties and nineties, uh, f- 
for yeah to yeah let well, yeah to some degree um so yeah remember that uh you know your your need to uh shit on the pro uh Keanu zeitgeist is that remember that zeitgeist was born out of an anti Keanu sure. zeitgeist sure 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 so sure, sure. so i think going neutral is <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair but anyways, I, I like Keanu Reeves. I think he's great. I respect him. And also, every time I hear like a positive story about him, it makes me like him even more. Um, that being said, he um, is awful in this movie. And, it's because he's uh, trying to do an impression of himself when he was a bad actor, when he was like 17. And it's like... You and I also can't... But I also can't look at his face. Um, and like, this was the same trouble I had with the most recent uh, John Wick movie. Yeah. Um, is that his plastic surgery is is bad? Well, I, like um, in the most recent John Wick movie, it looked like he had had a bunch of fillers. Like they're doing whatever they're yes. doing now to uh, uh, to celebrities when they get plastic surgery. I think I think they're fillers because mm. a lot of celebrities they're doing this thing where like they don't get wrinkles, but then the trade off is that their face looks twice as big and they have these weird like yeah. big Habsburg jaws and uh, yeah. And so, yeah, and so gives it's them a like, weird. It, it looks like they have a face. big waterlogged face. Uh, yeah, and that was what it looked like in the most recent John Wick movie. And then this one, it seems like some of those, like maybe he thought better of getting those fillers, and now he kind of just looks like deflated a little bit, like wizened. Yeah, yeah, not wizened, yeah, but just looks... like deflate. Like the the wrinkles aren't there, but it's like the air's gone out of the balloon some somehow. Yeah, there's something going on. Uh, it's either. His skin is neither too tight nor too loose. I, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, I mean, hey, I'm not gonna judge a man by the way he looks. A fucking, you know, who does that? I wouldn't, I, I don't never. want to. I just like I have a reaction to the face when it's put in front of me. It's true. And then meanwhile, Alex Winter, I think, uh, aged in a way where he looks kind of like a natural his age type guy. Yeah. Um, and I thought uh, Alex Winter did the best with with. Uh, you know with what he could um uh but it, it low-key the movie did feel like a favor yeah um I, and i'm not sure to who like it it, it had the feeling of um uh, in some ways being like we're making a a sequel to super troopers you know yeah. kind of like right but, like but without a fan service actually and it's yeah yeah like fan service but without actually crowdfunding but it felt like if they had crowdfunded it i i would have not been surprised yeah. you know what i mean and like the same guys wrote uh wrote yes. all the movies which is impressive but at the same time like they're fairly they seem fairly like successful as screenwriters otherwise and uh so you you kind of wonder like they they didn't yeah. seem like they needed this movie. I guess is the yeah. It, again, it felt like a favor, and I don't know to who. I I mean, maybe is how's Alex Winter's career? Is it good? He just made a documentary for HBO. He's I always see him in stuff. Like I think he's like a documentary director now. So I think he's doing fine. Yeah. Uh, one of the screenwriters yeah, it, wrote mm -hmm. uh, Charlie's Angels, Men in Black. Like he's gotten a oh, wow. lot of good. Now you see me. <laughs> um. Yeah, mm. so he's gotten a lot. And fun fact, so one of the writers is the son of uh, science fiction writer Richard Matheson. Yeah. 
And then the other one is married to John Cleese's daughter. So I don't know. Hollywood's weird. Hollywood's weird like that. You know, they all go. They all go to the same like uh, what do you call it? Pedophile ring. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So then the other wrinkle in this movie is that we now have Bill and Ted's daughters. Who, as bad as it was that they didn't update Bill and Ted at all, like they still had them acting like uh, they were when they were seventeen. They also had like 17-year-old daughters who were acting like their dads when their dads were 17. Right. So they were doing kind of they were also doing impressions. Um but I I, I will say this. I agree that it was like you know Ted who's you know Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. Um Ted's daughter is just doing Keanu Reeves in, yeah. as Ted in the originals and um and Bill's daughter is not She's not. I, well, I that's actually, Samara Weaving, who's actually like done decent work in other things. Who, oh, I believe okay. is Hugo Weaving's daughter. Uh, cool, you know, cool, cool. Glad they're is. all, glad they're all related. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I just, I love it. I mean, you know what's fun about that? Keanu Reeves uh, and uh, Hugo Weaving. You know, Matrix. that's the Matrix. Yeah, right there. I didn't even think yeah, about that. That's par- a, it's a fun connection. I'm glad everyone is in. Uh, you know. Glad they're all friends, but uh, <laughs> they're in like some sort of matrix of celebrity. Yeah, it's like they're uh, a success matrix where they all just uh, generationally uh, keep giving each other work. Um, but so, no, I, so, I, I, so I Ted's uh, Ted's daughter, by the way, is wearing what looks like a crown royal sack that has been turned into a rash guard, which I thought was a very uh, interesting choice. I don't know what I was supposed to yeah. make of that. Yeah, no, I mean, that was their, their kind of the style that they chose to have. Here's, here's, but I'm just going to be honest with my opinion of them is I actually enjoyed them. I I thought that, yes, I thought that they were uh, doing too much uh, in terms of like, you know, maybe the, the Ted girl could have done less Ted. You don't have to go full Ted, but I think there's uh, about a hundred better artistic choices they could have made with those. I don't think any of the actors did anything wrong, but I think yeah, as an artistic choice for the movie, not great. Well, actually kind of here's how I felt about it. I felt like the watching Bill and Ted's a story um, was kind of, uh, you know, it was kind of needlessly confusing, kind of a funny idea. um, But uh, then watching their daughter's B story of them getting all of the musicians together. Uh huh. Like to me, I enjoyed that B story more than I was enjoying oh, the sure. A story. Yeah, for sure. I don't think, but like, I think they could have done that B story without those two doing Bill. I don't and know. I was, I was, I was, I was low. I was low key charmed by them. I, I'm just going to be uh, honest. Maybe it's cause they're hot. Maybe <laughs> it's cause they are, uh, I don't know. I I think it's because they were trying, and there was something about the yeah. fact that they were trying that I, mean, I enjoyed. I think the whole where, whereas movie, like compared yeah. compared to like fucking Keanu uh, and Alex Winter, I felt like they were they weren't trying. I like, think they just like, seem tired because of their faces. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they just have you know very tired faces. But it was just like it was nice to see an attempt being made by the by the their kids. <laughs> yeah, and and so I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what they brought to it. And um, yeah, I could have 
you know, I could have I could have used more of them as annoying as them kind of doing impressions. Yeah. So I of, think like you know where the movie starts, uh, the entire premise um, and character choices. I kind of hate it, and I probably would have turned it off if I hadn't heard people like uh, raving about the movie. Like I, I would have turned wait, it off. Wait, 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 wait. Who raved about it? Everybody. It's like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. But I think it, what happens is ultimately what you said, which is that yeah. like this weird thing happens. Um, like the screenwriters, they're the way that – sorry, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, just to check that fact. Um, like the, the – I think what the, the problem with most – movies uh today is that yeah the, the writers get very hung the writers and directors get very hung up on plot and like whether it's coherent and that's not really what anybody wants mm-hmm. like you can uh, like, like if you want to tell an incoherent story all you have to do is like one line of dialogue to be like oh we had to do this because blah 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 and like people will right. go with it they just want you to like yeah. acknowledge it and like that's kind of the strength of all the bill and ted movies is that they never take the logic of having to go back in time uh very seriously and right and so there's like a good natured kind of like ah fuck it this is what we're doing and uh mm-hmm. and you go okay that's fine and then yeah i think the uh there's a robot for some reason who gets sent back in time to kill bill and ted um, yeah who much like death in the second movie turns out to be like a sensitive a sensitive nice boy who's just trying to do right things and uh yeah and and a fucking scene stealer yeah and thank god Just, for him because oh whew. he yeah honestly i don't think i laughed out loud uh through most of the i i can't i can only remember the moment that i actually laughed out loud yeah. during this movie and i watched it with francesca and it was the same with her um it was the moment where the robot uh accidentally lasers um bill and ted's entire family plus like Jimi hendrix and whatnot <laughs> yeah. and he just goes oh oh, oh no oh. And it was just like it was this yeah. that was the only moment that timing. i laughed too but me and my fiance both laughed for a while at that same oh yeah thing. yeah it was it was just it was so perfect and i immediately was like who is this guy is this will it, it kind of felt like will ferrell timing see that's what that's what my fiance said to me i thought i thought of will forte because we just watched oh Gruber yes. not too long ago where he blows up his entire team and he's like oh no fuck 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 yeah <laughs> and will, will yeah Forte no. is incredible at like uh having a meltdown like a sad meltdown yeah no <laughs> he's that, yeah he's great but it turned out um, to be the fucking NoHo Hank. Oh, no wonder. I didn't know that. Yes, dude. Yes. And and that I was just like, oh, fuck, dude. This guy is great. This guy, yeah. it's it's Anthony Kerrigan. Who is like the best play- fucking actor. Oh. He's he's the funniest person in uh in the show Barry. So, um, you know, funny story. And, I mean, a, a, a lot of that is because you know Bill Hader is okay, not really given that funny of a part. Yeah, but, but yeah, but he's perfect in Barry. So the two two guys in this movie were like the, two of the first celebrities I saw in L.A. I went uh to some restaurant and Noho Hank was standing outside. Um, uh-huh. And then I went inside and I sat down and I was having a drink in this like lounge area and uh, Beck Bennett 
from Saturday Night Live, uh-huh. who was also yeah. in this movie, weirdly, uh, showed up with his date and uh, asked me to move so that they could, <laughs> so that they could sit down in that area. Uh, and so I nice. and so I did, and then. Uh, then Noho Hank came in, and then they saw each other, and then they started like talking to each other and broing down, and it was like this whole weird thing that I w- witnessed Dude. from start to finish. Yeah, and th- were you just like, "Hey, can I hang out too?" <laughs> well, he already told like, me to move. So. <laughs> it was one of those. No, weird, it was like one of the weirdest restaurant experiences that I've ever had in my life, where mm-hmm. I kept like trying to give people my money, and then they kept acting like uh, I was in the wrong place or I'd done the wrong thing. <laughs> like I think I caught the bar like at some sort of shift change, and there. And wait, so, so what? Wait, what restaurant was this? Fuck! It was in Silver Lake. I had some oysters. It was like kind of fancy. Oh yeah, I forget what it's yeah, called. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, it's that place that does oysters. I know exactly what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. No, I mean, Noho Hank. First of all, I'm so sorry that that happened to you, dude. <laughs> it was just no. It was perfect. It was the perfect experience, uh, and it was. I'm, I would have never I'm remembered so, it if it wasn't I'm like so that. I'm so sorry that it happened. Oh, thank you. Thank I'm you. so. That's horrible. It's not your fault. Um, yeah, it's not your fault, dude. Uh, but no, like, Noho Hank saves this movie for me in terms of, like, he's just so fucking funny. Like, uh, at the point at which he finally starts, like, talking and he's not just trying to shoot and whatnot. And, like, he, he starts introducing himself. Uh, his name is uh, Caleb. Dennis Caleb McCoy. <laughs> and he keeps telling people that. And it was, like, one of those things where I was, like, ah... I'm like 90% sure that this was not in the original script and that this is what he brought to the table yeah. and it just worked so well that everyone's like, we got to keep Dennis Caleb McCoy in it. It's too funny. Yeah. I hope so. I hope that's the story. And yeah, I mean, I just, I was, I was blown away by how funny this dumb character was. And, um, visually and, yeah. he was brilliant. Like the design, the oh, character so design and then the way that they put him in the weird pod thing was uh was yeah. really solid that was some of the best stuff in the movie it's very good it was very good um this is one of those movies like, that's like good almost uh in spite of its writing and uh directing sure sure and can i just say some things that i actually appreciated about this movie um the 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 big things i mean other than noho hank and uh kind of enjoying the girls and their storyline um i also enjoyed that they kept it um pg yeah um and and i don't mean that i don't know what it, it was probably pg-13 i don't i don't know what the mpaa rating was but um but what i liked about it was that they didn't do the thing where uh the movie is super self-aware and mm-hmm. uh they spend like you know uh a scene where someone goes like why do you guys talk like that it's 2020 yeah, yeah. Uh, you know or or they turn it into kind of like a a racy sort of like uh you know like where someone says fuck or shit or i don't i don't know what i'm trying to say but like they didn't they kept to the spirit they didn't of do, the original they didn't do self-aware snark humor which is mostly yes. like our only kind of humor anymore yeah they didn't do self-aware snark humor and 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 i thought that like while i didn't I can't say that I loved this movie or uh, or even enjoyed a majority of it. <laughs> I think I didn't um, enjoy a good like the first third and basically until Anthony Corrigan showed up, I was not on board at yeah. all and I almost turned it off. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I was, I was having trouble knowing that I had to continue watching the movie <laughs> up until he showed up, and and so I, I didn't enjoy it, um, but I like, in spite of myself and my own enjoyment, I like that they went the direction of we're going to not make this about how bill and ted is like a thing or was a thing yeah you know it 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 felt like a like a natural sequel uh it didn't feel like a um i don't know it didn't feel like an attempt to revive the franchise or like update it or like a reboot Mm -hmm. it just felt it felt to me like uh yeah, I don't know. It felt to me like a favor. That again, it was like yeah. it felt to me like someone had some sort of like artistic uh vision for this before and decided uh, you know, and somehow got the money to execute it. Although everyone I guess involved in the movie is very successful, so I don't know why it feels like a favor, but it just I think it's just because Keanu and Alex Winter it really did feel like they got one take to do every scene <laughs> and 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 they'll be like oh wait this guy says an inaudible line there's a <laughs> multiple inaudible lines in this movie yeah where and, and like parts where they're like both su- supposed to say something at the same they, time they also both seem to have fake teeth like definitely alex yes. Winter has very fake teeth and there's times where it yes. felt like it feels like they're both trying to suck their fake teeth back in like at points you mm-hmm. know where you like kind of trip over yeah. your fake teeth it just i i don't understand why every scene with them felt so unnatural the the most natural scenes actually that they had um together were when they were playing their future selves mm-hmm. like they're them playing their future selves talking to their present selves like i felt like the characters that they were building with the future selves were like at the very least they seemed normal is not the word but they seemed adequate as they seemed like something had changed since the first movie which would have been nice for those two characters like the whole thing is just yes them playing the same characters they were in the first movie and i don't know that's to me that's that's exactly boring like that's a weird idea like they don't have to be snarky about it but like be different somehow like give us something interesting i don't know yeah there's there has to be a little bit of like you know, time has passed and they've low key grown up and yeah. they tried to kind of give you that. But the problem was, is that they didn't um, they still were trying to do um, impressions of themselves. So it didn't feel like they were adults. Yeah. And, you know, them not being adults is also a big part of the plot. But it's also like there's no way that they would this. Yeah, the, they can't actually they could tone it down if they toned it down a little bit just a a, a realistic degree just a little bit i think it would have felt better also did you find it weird that like they brought back uh they brought back bill and ted but then for their wives uh they got new actresses like that felt weird i was gonna ask if those were the same actresses they are not are the they... same actresses no they're like yeah that's uh, fucked that's they're that's born, fucked yeah they were like they're like 10 or 15 years younger than keanu yeah i mean i kind of knew that that was the case when i saw how young they were and i knew but they, you know, they were still like 
plausibly the same people, but I, because I hadn't seen it in a while, so I just yeah. kind of went with it. But in the back of my mind, I was like, "Well, they they, they recast. They these. brought back the guy that played Ted's dad, which was impressive. Number one, that he's still alive, but like, uh, yeah, yeah. And they, you know, they 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 brought back uh, George Carlin from the grave, uh, CG style, and then replaced um, kind of like what his character does with uh, Kristen Shawl, which is uh, they brought, which is a choice. They brought back Missy, which was legit. Uh, oh yeah they did they did and you know i my my thing with kristen shawl is i think she's she's really good if she's um uh if she's being utilized correctly Mm -hmm. like this just felt like a role yeah like that like it felt like her the casting decision for her was like well george carlin was a stand-up comic we need to get a stand-up comic and i understand that but like what i think kristen shawl brings to the table is so much more right. than uh, just kind of uh, random person being a, yeah, just just being a stand-up comic who's also continuing like a continuation of the role. It, I don't know. Well, it felt like the uh, the robot was like named after her ex-boyfriend or something, and they kind of just didn't really follow up on that plot thread. So I feel like maybe there was more there that got cut out. Yeah, I think that's right. I think there, there's, there was. I mean, you know, the movie, to its credit, was ninety minutes, and good yeah, for them. Yeah, thank God. There's no way I would have um, wanted to. I, I barely wanted to watch it for the ninety minutes that we got. Uh, yeah, no, it was a slog just to watch it, <laughs> ninety minutes. But I will say that I think one of the, um, the biggest problems with this movie, and I, I don't think it's this movie in general. Um, but I think it's it, it could have been any movie. Um, but uh, the biggest problem I had is that when you make the plot of the movie, um, they're going to write a song that unites the world. Um, you got to have a song that is at least uh, th- that you can listen to. That at least medium slaps. That at least medium slaps, yeah. like a, a moderate fire song. And mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like if they had done um, that thing you do uh, with a really, really bad song. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh, God, you know, like, please. St-. Like that thing you do was something that it was good because you actually did like the song. Yeah, great song. And, and it was like, yeah, one hit wonders. I get it. Um, but like this one was just... Uh, yeah, uh, it was. It, it, you, you kind of hear them putting it together, and you're just like, it, 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 you know, there's like the kids are playing like a fucking 808 like DJ <laughs> pad uh-huh. thing, and like everyone's kind of, you know, getting in on it. Like Louis Armstrong's doing a little bit, and then there's like kind of this arcade fire, like <laughs> oh, you know, kind of like thing where everyone's singing at the same time, and and you just were oh. All I could think was like, just make it a '80s hair metal song. Yeah, like do that. Yeah. Like, like even they though they got the darkness like, to write it. Yeah, exactly. They they would have fucking crushed it or uh, get Dragon Force. Uh-huh. Like, like even though it's like uh, it's not of the you know 2020 it's not of the time it's like yeah but neither is really the movie yeah um also people would probably still like an awesome hair metal song if it was good yeah yeah i mean if you think about it it's like you know 
Who's to say that hair metal isn't going to be the music that unites the world? Well, shit. Right? I mean, if there's still a Bill and Ted movie that can exist in 2020, you can have like a hit hair metal song in 2020. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Especially if this movie becomes a hit. Then it was a real missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in general, I was just like, as soon as the song started, I was just like, a lot is riding on the song. <laughs> and then... And then you were listening to it, and you're just like, eesh, I don't Yeah, yeah. They could have done uh, It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp, too. That's another good mo- song. Yeah, that's a great song. Movie United song. the World. Yeah. Uh, Lose Yourself. Yeah. Um, Usually when you, have a, it, yeah. when you have a good music movie, it's because the music's good. Or even yeah. going back to more recent history, uh, the climactic song in Eurovision Song Contest that was a fucking great song. Like that, I think yeah, it was a great song. half the reason that movie works is because the music's so good. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it was just it was just another uh, box to tick in terms of like I don't know how one is supposed to really enjoy this, but um, but it also it made me do the thing, and this is always a bad sign um, where I just have to go. That's eh, for kids. <laughs> yeah, is you it know? though? Kids don't it's give not, a fuck about this movie. Kids kids uh, you know it's not for me it's for it's for the younger it's for generation the fans exactly the, and it's for uh, the fans that are somehow both older than me because they still hold uh, bill and ted uh sacred mm-hmm. and also younger than me because they still want to watch this uh weird like pg comedy right yeah yeah it's for them it's not for me so who am i to judge it's the, it, it's it's unfortunately the same um, I always know that 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 is uh, the death nail of a movie that I'm desperately trying to like but can't um, because that's the logic I use for the Phantom Menace. Yeah, uh, it was just like I was just like, ah, it's for kids. Yeah. Like, I think I was 16 when it came out well, or think, like 15 or <laughs> I think George Lucas 14. said that like 27 times during the press tour for it. Yeah, no. And 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 it was something I said. I was a kid. But I was like, it's for younger kids who are even, <laughs> like, even stupider little ones. They want to you know, see a not... dancing gopher in their movie. Yeah, they get it because he's Jamaican and because all <laughs> of the aliens are Asian and they're doing a weird, like, lip sync thing, you know? And there's an Armenian guy and that's okay. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Anyways, this movie, uh, I can't believe it has 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't begrudge it. I don't begrudge it. You know what? More power to... I. It, it's It's unfortunately... It's I could see giving it a mild positive. It's not a... It's fine. It has its moments. Um, I hate and, mo- almost all of the choices, but then there's like three that I really liked, so... Yeah, yeah. There's there's three good choices, um, and some of the movie is, is, is watchable. Um, most of it is... Uh, just a slog and god awful uh so i would say i don't know solid b plus yeah yeah definitely solid b plus yeah dude yeah i think i think we we're safe to say that uh you recently called us um uh what is it gbert and <laughs> oh six skull and gbert that's us yeah because we're, yeah. we're sick dude we're sick and we're g's so <laughs> six skull and ebert uh, or Gbert, you know we are, and we give it uh, two thumbs B plus. Yeah, yeah, two Bs way plus. Yeah, run, don't walk to your nearest VOD streaming station <laughs> at your house. Watch it on your phone. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, well, I think that's an episode, dude. I think people got everything they sure. came yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, before we go, uh, ladies and gentlemen, announcement. Uh, incredible. Big deal. No, it's not. It's not that good. It's actually it's very mundane. But uh, our... Um, our merch shop is now in in business. Uh, I mean, it's been open, but like the the t shirts and shit weren't like uh, they weren't up to snuff. Uh, so then I I got all of the uh, the picture assets. It doesn't matter. Point is, if you go to teespring.com slash store slash frotcast. Uh, it's a lot of slashes, but it's there. Then you'll see uh, some of the merch we have available, and there's gonna be even more merch, bro. So much merch. Yeah. So that's teespring.com slash store slash broadcast um yeah also email us broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions comments concerns you know how you feeling and stuff dude all that shit patreon.com slash broadcast uh subscribe and get all the bonus episodes they're fucking dope smash all the buttons vince Vince, what's the google voice number 415-275-0030 all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening for all these years. We fucking love you, dude. Buy a shirt or whatever. The hoodies are dope. Love you. Good night and good chins.